Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Rebel Dane, statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Widden, the Valley of Champions. Hello, this is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast and we are in London, live at London, somewhere in Mayfair, on a rooftop building with the sun shining, Gareth Hall with you, and of course the captain is the famous Guy Moldcaster. Hello to you, Guy. Uh, good morning, Gareth, and what a pleasure it is to be here in sunny London today. You own London a little bit as well. Everywhere I've went, uh, been with you, everybody wants to say day to the captain, but it's just a great time of the year to be here in London on the eve of the famous Royal Ascot Carnival. There's a number of establishments in London that have the most wanted sign out the front with my photo on it, Gareth. But it is a great place and there's a lot of Aussies here this week and we're looking forward to catching up with a number of them at the races. What do you love, Ascot? I think, you know, it's a, it's a Melbourne Cup of the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, and it gets better each and every year for mine. And there's so much intrigue this year, especially, I think, from the Australian perspective on the Tuesday and also... On the Saturday, with the Jubilee and the King Stand on the Tuesday, we get to see maybe some Cox Plate Melbourne Cup hopefuls throughout the week. And the other part that I'm really looking forward to, he's been the biggest racing identity in my time following the game. He's nearly as famous as you in New Zealand, and that's the great Frankie Dottori, because he's the biggest name in world racing, and this is the final Ascot Carnival for the great man. Well, hasn't he made a great thing of his final year? <laughs> Everywhere he stopped, he's had a great result, you know, and He's got some wonderful rides this week. He's got a number of favourites. He was actually threes on to ride a winner tomorrow. Yeah, which uh, he should, shouldn't he? He should. He's got a couple of very, very good rides. And even in the handicap, some of those horses are, are um, Gosden's and that would be pretty well looked after for this this main occasion. So what do we need to work out here to, to back a winner at Royal Ascot? Because the sun's shining. There is expected to be some rain tomorrow, but they tell us it's a, it's a rock-hard track for Royal Ascot this year. Uh, they missed the weather yesterday. They probably put a little bit of water on it overnight. I think um, you'll find in the straight races, if they win on one part of the track in the first straight race, it often stays for the same for the rest of the day. And when they're big fields, the pace is generated from one side or the other. So it'll be very interesting. Cool and Gatter's drawn barrier two. That's not great. History tells you you don't want to be drawn low in a king stand. Well, the talked her up. She's tightened the market. J-Mac's been saying how good she's going. But, you know, there's been a little bit of money for Cannonball over the last 12 or 15 hours. He's, a, he's into $10 from $15 yesterday, uh, last night. So interesting. He's going he's gonna to run them along. Highfield Princess is a pretty good filly, so... It's going to be very intriguing. Highfield Princess is that boom filly that they were been talking about that she could probably turn up in an Everest and be competitive. She's the best sprinter in Europe, isn't she? Well, I know they've been talking about getting a spot in the Everest. Yeah. Have I you thought... been doing some negotiating? No, Can you I... give us an exclusive here on your own podcast? No, I can't, Gareth. But the thing is, you know, you would go back through her form and she started off as a very lowly rated horse and kept improving every year. Yeah. So, you know, it just shows you it can happen and it's going to be a hell of a good race tomorrow. It just depends. Is, is Cool and Gatter a nature strip or a or Spasier? You know, we've done so well in this race previously, so fingers crossed she can do it as well. We watched that trial at Flemington before they flew out. Cannibal to the eye was more impressive than, than the Philly Cool and Gatter. Both camps are confident as they would be. You expect them to be on the eve of the, the kid stand. I think Cannibal's drawn better than Cool and Gatter, but J-Mac was bullish after track work there at Ascot on Sunday or Saturday. 
Which way are you leaning? Uh, I'm just going to enjoy the spectacle in this race. Okay. Um, geez, I'm excited to see Monning Games. I think he could nearly be the, the, the wager for the week, Captain. Um, and then the Queen Anne to kick off proceedings, which is, I think, it's a perfect way to start a carnival. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards Frankie in that race. Hey, yes, it's it, you know it's a it's two to one each of two, and yep. there's going to be another eight or ten horses that are going to be bigger prices. But most of the time, the cream rises to the top in that race. And that filly was successful at the carnival last year, and she's top shelf, but she's first up. Um, would you prefer to have some race experience? First up doesn't really mean a lot in no. this part of the world. They've been in work since January. It's now July, you know, nearly July. So six months of work. They'll be pretty ready. Yeah. What's uh, the horse that you, you want to be punting this week, Captain? Uh, I like the horse of Gordon Elliott in the two-mile, three-furlong race tomorrow. It's called Weston. Yes. I think it'll run, it'll run pretty good at 14 to 1. Weston? Yeah. Is that the male? Because you've got a couple of good judges that um, – look after you when you arrive here in England. Yeah, there'll be some information coming out later and we'll share it with SEN and you'll be able to whack it on your uh, internet yep. site and people can have a little look and they might get a little bit of information. I've got one for you, Captain. And I I wanted to keep it um, for myself, but because you're a good man and we've got a big family these days on breeding bloodstock and banter with the Captain podcast, I thought I'd let... Uh, you into a couple of secrets because I took my father-in-law, um, the great Arthur Barrett, to Newmarket yesterday. And you know, you go and see all the high rollers and all that. I went to the local pubs and I caught up with a few of the track work riders. And I did a little bit of investigate investigation work. Um, and they were telling me these horses, Gareth, that you should be playing on a Wednesday especially. And um, the first one is in the second last race on the Wednesday, and it's a horse that I think that you can back with some confidence. Oh, Gregory. Not quite. It's called Castle Way. Ooh. Castle Way in the second last, Charlie Appleby prepares. Um, and I think you could have something each way on that calendar. Well, it's, it's a pretty competitive race. They're racing at set weights in that race, so basically the horses with the highest ratings get in pretty well. But those are the horses that – some of the horses in that race are going to be ended up in Melbourne Cup races. Who will be the best horse we see this week? Because well, we've got Derby winners. We've got Guineas winners. Um, some two-year-olds that have um, bred to be superstars that have performed well in their first starts that we will see in the Coventry and those type of races. Yeah, I think I think across the board it's going to be a great week. And Coolmore uh, got a very smart two-year-old in tomorrow. And uh, is that in the second race? It is in the second. We've race. got a tip River, for that. Yes, yes, he yes. Looks, he looks very good. He's he's had two pretty pretty serious hitouts. He he won't he won't die wondering. He's taking on a horse that's had an easy kill out of a out of a breeze up sale. But, you know, when you're talking Ryan Moore and Aidan O'Brien, this week is their time to shine. Coolmore v. Um, Godolphin, who wins? Uh, I think Coolmore. Or John Goldston. I think Coolmore will probably have more runners for the week. Yeah. They've probably got more horses in the market. Paddington's going to be a very good chance again tomorrow. And later in the week, they'll have lots of number two-year-olds spread out over the thing. So I think on weighted numbers, they'll probably be very hard to beat. We'll take a quick break on the other side of this break for 
uh, breeding bloodstock and bandit podcast live from London at Mayfair. Yeah, I think we're at one of the captain's um, five star hotels. Unbelievable. 2000 a night, they tell me. We'll come back because I need to ask him about a Tories. Everybody wants to tip me a Tories for the um, Freemans. So we'll see what the captain has to say about that. Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Rebel Dane, statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Widden, the Valley of Champions. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast. We are live from London, Gareth Hall with you along with Guy Moldcast. And we are recording this podcast on uh, a Monday morning at around, what, 10 to 12 local time in London, which is just after, I think, 8 o'clock. Um, back home in the eastern states now captain they tell me james mcdonald rode a tourist in a gallop at newmarket the other day and he was very very happy now he's not a horse that i could back because of the way that he races in his pattern and he needs to be saved up for one last crack at them um but they say he might be a different horse this time around i think they've come here with one goal in mind you know they want him they want him to go out with a bang They've already announced the stud fee. I think he's going to be timed to the minute. Last year, we had an English jockey. Probably wasn't perfect. Jamie Spencer. Just saying. We just need to wake him just up from saying. time to time, Jamie. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, you saw his win in Sydney yes. when Zach didn't take no for an answer. And I think James will be pretty much the same this week. He'll be pretty fo- focused, notorious. That, that they need to rev him up. Yes. And he'll be, Mac will give him a bit of a, a gallop towards the barriers, you would imagine. And he will be, he'll be like a, he'll be like a, a, a New Zealander before a, a Bledisloe Cup match with him. He'd be in his ear just saying, come on, son. We need to, we need to come out of the gates running. Yeah, you have to be careful. If he gives him too much of a wake up on the way to the gates, he'll end up in the Windsor Castle. I, <laughs> so, so, um, I couldn't back him at three to one, could you? Oh, it depends how your week's been, Gareth. I'd say you'll be lob into those four or five shows no. early on and you'll have a decent old bank and you yeah. might as well attack before you go home. Do you know what? I might. I, I would prefer to go to war with the astrologist. Yeah. Do you know what? He doesn't know how to run a bad race, Captain. I think he probably had enough dances for my... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just back to the King's Dan, Cannonball, this is the first ever capitalist that we see at Royal Ascot. And we talked about a Tory. So how much money? I know the brother-in-laws have got enough money, Henry Field and James Harrod. But um, how important is it for these two stains? If they win during uh, this week, how much does that help their cause at start? How much money more value does that does that make those stains? I think a horse like Artorius has already done his job. This yeah. is probably just the a little junket for the owners to come over here and enjoy the last hurrah with them. Mm-hmm. Cannonball, he can he can double, treble his value. You know, yeah. he's, he's done a nice job in Australia, but if he puts a big G1 next to his name here, he can go back and stand at good money in Australia. And what about for capitalists? What would that do for him if, if he can sire a Royal Ascot winner? Oh, it always helps. But, you know, capitalist was champion two-year-old sire. So, you know, his fate's pretty well set. Yep. He's already at 100 grand. There's plenty of mares wanting to go to him. And year in, year out, he's going to get good stock. And I think the big advantage, we all know that the capitalists go better on a firm, a firm track. And the filly by Ritten Tycoon, Cool and Gatter, we saw in that, that jump out that she um, enjoys to be on top of the ground as well. 
far yeah. better than some cut into the ground. So would you believe the conditions will suit the Aussies? Oh, definitely. And and with the cool and gatter and and cannonball, they're getting a first use of the track. And 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 by the yeah. time we come to Saturday with Artorias, if you get rain, it could be a totally different story. Chris Waller, the man that you put on the, the map, he's here for a week, and he had Al Bodagon that we saw compete in a Cox Plate, and he was a mighty run on that particular day. Has he got another Al Bodagon up his sleeve that we might see this week? Will we see any Cox Plate or Melbourne Cup hopefuls from your side of the, the fence there at Seawaller Racing? Not, not particularly. I think they've got a few horses in work at Newmarket that will probably be taken along a little bit more uh, quietly. There wouldn't be too many horses running in the stakes races this week out of their camp. But, I mean, uh, Mr. Bon Ho's got half a dozen runners and Doval Legends having, having his first yeah. run again and he's got a number of other smart, regressive horses. But they're all in very strong races. So, you know, if you if you had half a dozen runners this week and you came away with one winner, you'd be pretty bloody happy with yourself. We'll take a quick break. And then on the other side of it, we might just have a chat about this sale on a Monday afternoon that the captain probably doesn't really shop at this sale, but he's definitely going for the social side of it. It's a sale held at Kensington Palace by the sales company over here, Goss. Hard to get an invitation, but we'll talk to the captain straight after this. Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Rebel Dane. Statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Widden, the Valley of Champions. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast. This is a special podcast um, and show today because we are live at London at Mayfair recording this podcast. It's a Monday morning, late Monday morning. So um, later on today, this the, the, the famous um, Ascot Eve golf sale. So basically, it's for the people... There's an American, for instance, an American two-year-old that is being sold at, uh, this afternoon at this sale. And um, if you've got a lot of money and you want to show off that you buy this colt for a ridiculous amount of money and you and then you say to your friends, I've got a runner at Ascot. Is that basically what this sale is all about? This sale is to promote coughs for the annuals, annual sales. It's not specifically about today. They've got 20-odd lots. I've got a number of horses that hold entries for the races this week and you're probably pretty well right Gareth there's people with excess cash can just say hey I'm going to buy a horse that's going to run tomorrow or run the next day I can take it back to America I can give it to Wesley Ward or I can do what I like with it as far as the catalogue's concerned there's not a hell of a lot of horses there with an Australian flavour there's not that many progressive stayers in there there was a couple that were meant to turn up they haven't turned up maybe they were sold privately but There'd be a couple of horses we'd be getting better and we'll just sort of see how it plays. So you out. might play. Well, I'm not saying we are. Or this we podcast are. won't probably go to where tomorrow morning Australian time. So the sale will be done and dusted. So you're not giving anything away, Captain. I won't tell. Arthur here, he's, he's listening. He won't tell. Well, he might bring up a few of his Perth mates and purchase it. But you let Chris train. Can you give us something? Give you nothing. Um, Gay Waterhouse purchased that, whole, uh, that, that Melbourne Cup. Um, Galloper last year for close yeah. to two million. Is he still coming? Uh, he ran second in the Derby here last yes. year. He went at sale. He was well sought after. You know, the dream was alive to have him in the Melbourne Cup. I haven't seen him step out no. this preparation yet. 
But you know, those sort of horses do develop and and turn the turn the corner. You got to remember, three of the last five Melbourne Cup winners have been won by six year olds. So you know, I don't think it's all about the next month or the next six months. I think it can be done over two or three years. So with your client base now, when they're in Guy Moldcastle, you're famous for finding winners from all different categories and distances. But are you finding more of your clients now want to purchase a slipper winner, an Everest winner, or are they bring you up and saying, Guy, go to England and find me a Melbourne Cup winner or a Cox Plate winner? There's a lot of people that are looking for those Cox Plate Melbourne Cup horses, but yeah. they know what they have to pay for them. Once they're exposed, they're, you know, two million plus Aussie landed and you know, you're going to have to be right two out of three times to win Melbourne Cups to get your bait back. But there's a lot of people that basically just have like having runners at the Melbourne Cup until they run no good. Um, we'll take a break, our final break. And on the other side of this, I'm looking forward to that. The captain's pick because there's no NRL or AFL or any golf. Or golf. You're on Rory, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, it was a long four days. Yes. You haven't had much sleep. Well, it's a pretty good time zone really, isn't it? There was really? the early, early, early hours of uh, the morning. The golf finished up about three thirty, and Rory, he was hitting the ball sweetly, Captain, mm. but he just couldn't putt. Yeah, I think he could be at Royal Ascot this week, and I've actually got a little couple of devices okay. to help him with his yeah. putting. You know, does he I like? Don't, don't know if he's really going to cop it that well, though, Gareth. No, maybe let it give him a couple of days to settle yeah. down. You might let him. You yeah. might. You might say you would probably putt better on the Live Tour or something, yeah. Rory. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the captain's pick. Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Rebel Dane. Statistics don't lie. Upgrade your mare. Standing now at Winnan, the Valley of Champions. Welcome back to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter, Gareth Hall. And, of course, with the captain, Guy Moldcaster. I'm looking forward to the captain's pick, but just quickly for the people listening that want to go to Royal Ascot and spend a week or so, what would your advice be to them? Head to Newmarket, go to an Irish Derby. We had the French Oaks that's usually after Royal Ascot. That was on Sunday because of the coronation. They pushed back Ascot a week this year. So there's plenty happening in, um, right across Europe in the racing game. The Irish Derby is a great day at the Cara. So what would you recommend if you had two weeks? I think um, I think it's very good to fly into France and go straight to the Pre-Diane. Yes. It's a wonderful race and Chantilly's an amazing track. And if you haven't been there, it really opens your eyes and then you can wander over quietly to London and spend a few days. You know, there's cricket tests on, Ashes tests and that sort of thing. And you've got, you've got Royal Ascot. You probably want to get to Royal Ascot early and soak up the atmosphere. It's a, it's a full day experience. There's only six races. They don't start till 2.30. But if you get there at 12 o'clock and have a bit of a wander around, it really does open your eyes up because it's totally different to Australia. Yeah. You know, it's a totally different racing mindset. You know, you've got world-class jockeys there. You can get close to them. You can see the horses walking around in the pre-parade ring or the parade ring. And it's amazing. But then, You've got so many other carnivals. You've got Goodwood, you've got York, you've got Deauville in August. You know, like there's just so many of them. You can just do it how, at your own leisure. Um, so that's great advice. And the Irish Derby, as I mentioned, is the Sunday after Ascot. So, or is it this Sunday? No, it's Sunday, Sunday week. week. Yeah. Um, and you get to see, or maybe the, the best horse in Europe, they're talking, aren't they? Augustus Roden. 
they reckon he's something else. When you when you get an Aiden O'Brien wrapping a horse like that for so long out, and the ran, deep impact, deep impact. We went over that last time we had yep. a podcast, and you know they just they just over overachieve, don't they? You know, so if you've got a got a mare and you're going to cheap it, send it to a cheaper stallion in Australia, like Fierce Impact, wouldn't be the worst idea. I should have said g'day to Frankel and Dubawi when I was here. I forgot to say g'day to my two old mates. Well, I can't believe you went all the way to Newmarket and didn't go and give them a pat. No, I know, but I, I didn't, you know. I was, oh, Frankel was too busy, he said. <laughs> He's booked out at this time of the year. And Dubawi didn't like me because I was. I'm talking up at a moment, of course. Um, a stern, my old mates for the Dali organisation. I haven't gave Dubawi much of a a, 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 um, a pump up on this podcast, but hopefully it will fit me into his schedule next time I'm around. Um, tell me what we're doing this week. The captain's pick, please. Uh, I much think, anticipated captain's pick. I think if you're going to do one thing, you're going to have to remember that Frankie's going to be under the odds in the jockey's challenge. Yeah. So let's go with Ryan and get five days of good honest, hard, punching, betting. What about J-Mac? He's got some nice rides. J-Mac's got a number of good rides, but if he pulls one off at the double figures, he's done pretty well. And most days he's got three or four in the double figures. So it's hard to win the, the championship when you've got a lot of rough. All right, then. And this is how lucky we are. Guy Mulcaster, he was as quiet as Ryan Moore. He, he was hard to get on uh, Media Street um, like Ryan Moore, but We've won him over here, so it's been a pleasure, Captain. Thanks, Gareth, and you have a wonderful week at Royal Ascot. I think he is back the Blue Army. I think the Blue Army might dominate this week. Yeah, well, Modern games. You're kick off the Blue proceedings. Army man. Maybe William Buick. Yeah. Even though he got lost at Flemington when I saw him last time, I, Jimmy Doyle, I like the Doyler. Doyler's and, and very Buick. good. Yeah, he's, he's as good looking as you too, Doyler. <laughs> He listens, he listens to this podcast as well. Good on you, Captain. It's a pleasure, mate. And um, looking forward to getting your mail. When do you get them? When does the mail filter through? Uh, it'll be out uh, first thing tomorrow morning. All right, then we'll get you there. We'll get you for the the the, the mailman, the, the captain. Good on you, brother. Thank you. And that is the breeding bloodstock and banner with the captain guy Molecaster, and of course myself, Gareth Hall. Live from London. Enjoy Royal Ascot. Back plenty of winners. Stay tuned on our social media platforms at Giddy Up with Gareth Hormoz. Fitness has been dominating since we've been away, but we'll have some mail for you um, throughout the week as well. Um, good punting.